here we are. Another week of outrage. Another week of, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Am I sounding kind of rough coming in there, Wildcard? Okay, it was coming rough to me for some reason. But I'm getting everything plugged up just in case. Just in case we have to go to Plan B. Because you've always got to have Plan B. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live right now on the WORD Facebook page. And on the free Odyssey app, I have one, two, three podcasts for you available. Straight Talk, of course. Lock and Load. And Gun Owners News Hour. For those of you that are into that Second Amendment science. And uh, probably need to be in that a little bit. We live right, you know. Recently, there was a First Amendment ruling in Brandenburg versus Ohio. Well, it's not that recent, but they defended inflammatory speech from government punishment unless it is directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. The problem with that is when they put that on paper, that meant from now on, whoever wasn't in charge of the government could, they would be the ones defining lawless action. So now, if you are a concerned parent opposed to a school board's sexualized lesson plan, um, you become a potential domestic terrorist. <laughs> And today, today the federal government it does not resemble anything I've ever seen in my life. It's like this gigantic, ugly Leviathan thing coming up out of the water. Neck deep in propaganda. Neck deep in censorship. Trying to make sure that they can keep on doing it, too. They're going after the J6 election protesters, persecuting them for their political belief. They want to imprison Trump for the crime of giving a speech. We keep having these Soviet show trials where there's no due process or exculpatory defense, but all kinds of unsupported accusation and criminal innuendo. The Department of Justice is now the DOIJ, the Department of Injustice, and the Fascist Bureau of Intimidation maliciously prosecute Americans for merely opposing policy. Like we're China. Like this is Tiananmen Square. And as part of the expanding system of two-tiered, quote, justice, end quote, leftist violence is defined as free speech, while speech articulated against leftism is denounced as violence. <laughs> unapproved dissent is labeled disinformation unapproved religious beliefs and faiths and or family values are condemned for promoting hate and uh, unapproved ideas debates and political movements well that's just expunged expunged from the interwebs you know one day I might be sitting here doing this and I'll get a knock on the door from the thought police who knows Maybe I might offend the delicate sensibilities of the old powerful state. So, just for the sake of future, you know, deniability, just remember, I was not trying to incite you to do anything. 
But the problem is, the way the federal government is running today, the way it is currently constituted right this minute, it's terminal. Their authority is now sustained through no-knock raids and mass surveillance and financial coercion and ideological targeting and, you know, the domestic terrorist thing and the thinly veiled threats to use military hardware to quell any potential public outcry or unrest. The feds have become a bunch of lawless thugs with a pretense of abiding by the U.S. constitutional constraints, which they don't really do. Spying on Americans without warrants or probable cause? Check. Infringing on Americans' First Amendment rights to say what they want, praise they wish, assemble as they see fit, petition their government for redress whenever they deem doing so necessary? Check. Infringing on Americans' Second Amendment right to defend themselves from government tyranny? Check. You see, this is the way it is. The Bill of Rights is not some menu. It's not. It's not a, a list of of uh, of suggestions. <laughs> uh, and the government does not get to look at this as a salad bar, you know, where they can pick and choose whether a right will be respected or ignored. They can't do that. Our constitutional rights today, as they are, as they were written before they were written, before they were even thought of, they're a small subset of a greater body of natural rights that belong to each of us and can never be forsaken or diluted by any entity who would claim the authority to do this. They just don't have that. It's just not part of what they are. And with provocative deliberateness, they will surely sabotage long-term civic peace. But the federal government today is very much against the founding principle and the founding document. It is in breach of the only contract that binds the American people to their constitutional system, and consequently the federal government now governs through fear and force alone. Ayn Rand wrote, There are two potential violators of man's rights, the criminals and the government. Now, the great achievement of the United States was to draw a distinction between those two by forbidding the second, the legalized version of the activities of the first. That truth no longer holds, you know, because the governing class and the criminal class have become one and the same. Narco-terrorists and sex slave traffickers wouldn't have a profitable business model, after all, if the federal government were not complicit in protecting their evil trade across the border. At this stage in our society's collapse, and I firmly believe what I'm about to tell you, I there's no rational way to think that we could vote our way out of this entrenched bureaucratic tyranny. We didn't even let them close down over the weekend. You know, we, we could have just voluntarily let that happen, and we didn't do that. Now, we tried to do this. We, 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 we made this stab at it with, with Trump in 2016. And since then, the voting process has been undermined by the deep state all the way. The intelligence community helped frame him as a Russian spy. The Department of Injustice dedicated itself to his harassment and constant investigation. 
the people that are just rank and file countermanded his lawful executive orders while leaking slanted information intended to embarrass him personally and weaken his presidency. State election laws were then thrown out the window in 2020, and then the Uniparty flooded the battleground states with fraudulent mail-in ballots and made the unpopular Joe Biden the most popular elected president in American history, the most votes ever garnered by one candidate. The FBI, whatever you guys had in your in your little toolbox of uh, reputation or credibility, that's gone. You're not impartial anymore, we know that. All to ensure that the American voter doesn't get their say. And to imprison Trump for the rest of his life for being the avatar of those things that we wanted to see happen. The documents he's been indicted for having possession of probably implicate the FBI and others in the Russian hoax. Ever thought about that? And, you know, he was constitutionally empowered to possess these things. Joe, Joe Biden has gotten a pass for illegally retaining classified documents for decades. He's been indicted for trying to investigate election fraud in Georgia. He's been indicted for delivering a political speech and encouraging Americans to peacefully assembled to petition the government for free and fair elections. And he's been indicted because the state of New York insists that payments intended to settle private legal matters should be reimbursed as campaign expenses. As long as this, as long as we can embarrass him, as long as we can make him look bad. But, like all things of this nature, this is unsustainable. It's simply unsustainable. Uh, the whole charade of this depends on us participating in it. What we may have forgotten is that there's joy and meaning, not in safety nor security, but facing what is not safe. Remember that. Michelle Obama, well, there's a way to beat her if she decides to stick her nose in this race. There's an absolute way to, to beat her. I'm going to tell you about it. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. You know, with some of these uh, candidates that are out there, we don't really have a record to go on. But some of them, they, they have plenty of a record to go on. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page right there. And podcasts are available on the free Odyssey app. Now then. Right now, uh, I, and I don't, I, well, yeah, I guess I do understand why. See, the Democratic Party was supposed to belong to the Clintons, but now it sort of belongs to the Obamas. And the Clintons are not really part of the Obama ne network. So for whatever reason, uh, you know, and 70% of the people around Biden today are Obamas. <laughs> so he's probably the puppet master if we had to look for one. 
if we had to look for a puppet master. So, of course, right now, everybody thinks, because she was married to him, that Michelle Obama, you know, is, is qualified to, to run for president. But she does have some political vulnerability, and it's really bad, considering some of the things that she will use and pl play when she's if she actually comes into it. I'm not really sure that she's going to do it. Now, Michelle ran away from all black schools as a child because she didn't want to go there. And it continued with her abuse of the black community in her professional career. Now, she has written two autobiographies recently. I, you know, how much of a life do you lead to where you got to have two of those? Uh, Becoming and the Light We Carry. My autobiography would be titled, Who Needs Hair? But I digress. Donald Trump, if he's the man, he should, whoever it is, but if it's Trump, he should absolutely go after her for her neck. If she becomes a 2024 Democrat Party nominee, uh, which that would mean she was appointed. So here's four questions that he should hammer Michelle Obama with. Why did you and your brother Craig run away from the all-black schools just down the street to study with white people? Why did you force 20,000 pe black people out of their homes while working for the white liberal mayor of Chicago? How many millions did you make helping white leftists deny the black community access to first-rate health at the University of Chicago Medical Center? And Michelle Obama, will you apologize to the black community for what you did to them in Chicago? And I think, you know, there's going to be plenty of people that will write stuff about Michelle Obama. She is she is a ripe target. So, here's the answers to the questions. Michelle's parents, Fraser and Marion Robinson, sent their children to an elementary school out of district to avoid the project kids flooding the brand new John Foster Dole's elementary which was just a hop, skip, and a jump from their Parkway Gardens home. School they choose, the mixed-race Bryn Mawr Elementary School in South Shore, benefited from the fact that the transitional neighborhood had been largely Jewish. And two years later, they moved to South Shore. Answer to number two, by the time Craig and Michelle were ready for high school, the nearby South Shore High was all black. And the Robinson kids were not going to go there. She'd been bullied by neighborhood black girls for talking white and acting white since they first moved to South Shore. She wrote in Becoming about a fistfight she got into with a girl who re repeatedly called her an Oreo. Meaning you're black on the outside but white on the inside. That was a major insult. She had no black friends, although not even Catholic. She took a job to afford tuition for Craig's nearly all-white Catholic school. And uh, Michelle, meanwhile, took an hour-plus bus ride to a magnet school to avoid the all-black South Shore High School one block from her home. The answer to number three, to facilitate the destruction of the low-income all-black Cabrini Green housing project and seed the choice downtown to real estate donor uh, developers like Tony Resco. Daly had to hire black people for the dirty work. They couldn't hire a white person to make 20,000 blacks homeless, so Michelle was hired and became Mayor Richard Daly's assistant planning commissioner working under Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett is everywhere. Everywhere there's the Obamas, you'll find Valerie Jarrett. 
She's like a she's like a female she's like a female Carrove Doctor Evil, you know. It's just something. And number four, having shown her ruthless chops, forcing twenty thousand black people out of their Chicago homes, she signed on at the University of Chicago Medical Center for some more dirty work. There, they hired Michelle to head up the Southside Health Collaborative, a scheme designed to prevent blacks who showed up at the University of Chicago Medical Center emergency room from receiving medical care. They, Michelle made sure they were put in vans and shipped to crappy neighborhood strip mall clinics on the south side. And this was all illegal. It was called patient dumping. And she was paid $300,000 a year to ease her conscience. And once again, she preached to the deported black Chicagoans that they were better off in a strip mall clinic on the south side than receiving advanced medical care. So now... For the last little bit, since she became the first lady, she's been trying to become just one of the one of the girls. You know, uh, Oprah Winfrey refers to her as a South Side girl. So this is not, you know, this is you know, this is Michelle Obama is a perfect foil for Barack Obama. She absolutely um, fits the type. But I mean, and and that's that's the new thing, right? That's how Katanji, that's how uh, Katanji Brown Jackson became came into the came into uh, Supreme Court. They just picked a black woman to replace Diane Feinstein just because she was a black woman, Kamala Harris, right? And now they now everybody wants it to be. Uh, and I, listen, I don't have a issue at all with a black woman being in charge of anything if they are qualified to be in charge of it. Okay. If they're qualified to be in charge of it now, unless I'm missing my guess, uh, Michelle Obama isn't. So the Democrat party needs to maintain a 90% grasp on black voters, which they're not going to have because black America's moving, but the Obama's never left politics. And black America is not a bunch of fools. These are very educated people looking at things now. and They have a problem. So right now, while they're trying to scare you with Michelle Obama, just remember, just remember, they burnt that bridge. Right now in France, they've decided that we should be limiting things. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I've been getting these texts about Big Mike. I asked, who are we talking about with Big Mike now? <laughs> oh, wow. It's just a, it's a cruel, cruel world. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. On the text line, they're telling me Big Mike is Michelle. Michelle Obama. Big Mike. <laughs> I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and I have a multitude of podcasts available for you on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get podcasts, you know, Apple Store, Google Play Store, whatever they call it. These things change every day. I don't even know how we keep up with this. Now, 
let's do let's talk about a few truths the climate of the earth has been changing for 4.5 billion years it has constantly been changing it's constantly going to be changing it will be changing after we are not here fossil fuel has dramatically improved our life but one thing that we know is that whoever controls everything this is why they press the whole fiction of the anthropogenic climate change and the brainwashing is working because in France, 41% of the people polled want to limit humans to only four airplane rides per year. Well, here's the thing. This is the thing that none of these people think about. And I, 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 I just can't wait for them to get introduced to it because the world before we had fossil fuel, which nobody really knows what that felt like. Most of the ones that are still alive that existed in very olden times, you know, maybe approaching 90, 100 years old, um, they were existing in the pre, in, 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 well, not the pre, but in the industrial era. So I'm talking about the pre-modern time. Back in the pre-modern time, the average life expectancy was 50. 50% 50 of all children died before the age of five. If you were a female and became pregnant, it was often a death sentence. A lot of times, if you wanted to get to anything or anywhere, you had to become a chattel slave. If you wanted to do anything beyond the subsistence hunting and farming that a family could achieve on their own. Land travel was limited to your, uh, you know, how far could you walk and how fast. <laughs> Water travel was relatively flat, fast and widely available, but it was deadly Famine stalked mankind everywhere. It was a constant, whether because of a naturally occurring climate change or crop failures or war disease or genocide. The world was a very dark place, so the only light the poor had after dark was whatever fire they could maintain on their in their hearths. Life was often bitter cold or boiling hot. And excessive heat can be deadly, but it's mostly cold that kills. There were no books. There was no TV. There was no streaming videos, no Spotify, nothing. If you wanted to uh, entertain yourself, you basically had to entertain yourself. You actually had to interact with people, a thought that might chill a lot of people today. There was nothing to stop infectious diseases. Plague didn't kill less than 1% of the population. It killed up to 50% of a given population. So if you want to know what the pre-modern world was like, look at the worst parts of Africa today. Capitalism doesn't exist. The benefits of fossil fuel are reserved for only a small, you know, the elites. Everybody else is at the mercy of the natural world, and that is not a pretty sight. This is the world which the leftists want us to live in. They want to end capitalism, return to the economy to a small cadre of powerful people. And the best way to effectuate this is to remove fossil fuel. That's why the West, we you know, we live longer. Our babies and our mothers survive childbirth. We're comfortable and alive in both the hot and cold weather. Chattel slavery is gone. Famine is unknown. Diseases are mostly controlled. And we enjoy well-lit homes, computers, health care. We have iPhones. It's great. But if the world's despots can control carbon, they control everything. 
we become utterly dependent on whatever they feel like giving up. And if you want to see what that dependency will look like in France, the brainwashed climatistas want everyone to have only four plane rides in a lifetime. They surveyed 1,010 French residents over the age of 18, and it found that support for the air travel restrictions was far higher among younger age groups because they're, they're, they're petrified, you know. And while a majority opposed the four-flight lifetime, maximum 64% of the respondents said they would be willing to limit their air travel in the near or medium term to combat climate change, except it makes no difference. You're believing the wrong thing. You're, you're, you're listening to a false fact pattern. So, no more business travel or vacations or saying farewell to a dying parent. Once you've used up your quota, you can't walk there. Well, if you can't walk there, you can't go. I guess that's the only way you can go. So, you have to sit in your small, dark, too hot or too cold home, eating bugs and waiting for your short, lonely, nasty, brutish life to end. Which is what they want. Green energy isn't shiny or pretty or beautiful. This reduces the paradise of the planet Earth to a hell. And it's the same that we have. 99% of humanity has endured this for 99% of our existence. We lived in a blessed interlude, but the 1%, the true 1% of anti-human socialist globalist tyrants want to take it all from us. And the brainwashing so good that they'll, they'll destroy our lives without having to fire a shot. What difference? Uh, this is the thing that kills me on the text line. Please stop saying fossil fuel. Why? Isn't that what all of it begins is? Uh, some form of fossil fuel? Isn't that what it is? Not the natural gas, of course. <laughs> oh, goodness. This whole facade that they put forward. By the way, Valerie Jarrett was in on that, too. By the way, she she had something called the Chicago Climate Exchange. She really wanted to push. And Barack Obama was in on that as well. And this is, I think this predates when he was a state senator. And they were going to create a new currency. It was going to be carbon credit. And they expected to handle. Now understand what they're, this is what they're looking at. They expected to handle $22 trillion a year. If we just became cap and trade, which means you get to uh, you get to pollute so many thousands of metric tons or whatever it is, and then once you hit that point, if you want to if you want to uh, you know if you want to pollute some more, that's going to cost you. Still polluting, just everything costs more. It appears, and I, I, you know, I haven't been in school for a while, but it appears we have given up on trying to teach young people how to write in cursive. What does this mean in the long run? Hmm. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I don't, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it says about us as a, uh, as a people when we just give up on something, right? 
I, I don't know what it says about us. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and you know where to find those podcasts, don't you? So they're they're saying now that Generation Z, which was those born between nineteen ninety seven and twenty twelve, never learned to read or write in cursive. And we get this from uh, Deseret News. With the development and prominence of technology, cursive has become increasingly obsolete. But what impact will this have in the future? According to The Atlantic, this means in the future, cursive will have to be taught to scholars the way Elizabethan secretary hand or paleography is, is today. And this directly impacts archival work. Many written documents from the 19th century and early time periods are written in cursive. And while it was once taken for granted that American students would know how to read cursive, now that cannot be the case. Archival work largely depends on a reader's ability to read, hard to read text in shorthand and or cursive. Will this mean that universities will have to start offering college courses in history programs on how to read cursive? A lot of them are saying that it is, uh, you know, Common Core is largely to blame for them being unable to fathom this, but there's more to it than that. Cursive requires a little bit of practice and patience and a focused and steady mind and a, and a steady hand and a writing implement instead of a keyboard or a screen. And far too many, I mean, you know, do our, our, at what age do students start carrying laptops? Because I don't know. Okay, at what age do people start carrying laptops? That's what I would like to know. Now, coming from Deseret News again, Drew Gilpin Faust, who wrote in The Atlantic about the loss of cursive, told NPR that the loss of cursive means that the past is presented to us indirectly. Using the example of a contact, he said to NPR, I mean, just imagine if you had some kind of contact that you had signed or contract, and you couldn't read it, and someone told you, well, that's what's in the contract, that's what's in the contract. And later you might find that it was something else. So there are limits in your power, in your sense of how the world works, and your sense of how the world used to work, when you can't have access to a means of communication. Well, listen. Listen. Here's the thing. This is the, this is the thing with this. We we gave up on it. We, we just let it go. I mean, I totally get that we have all these doodads and toys nowadays. But you also, like, uh, I have an iPad Pro that has, like, this Apple Pencil or something. You could write cursive with that. But how many people actually even buy books? Right? How many people buys a magazine? How many of you have a magazine at the house that is this year's or this month's? Most kids listen to books now. Are we going to forget how to read too? And many can't tell the time with an analog clock. Now now we're getting into some really bad stuff. So reading the words of our founders written in longhand brings us closer to this. And Words that you see on a letter or a manuscript or from a diary. You can look at that written word the way it is put in there. And this reveals something of their character and the truth. 
And you're not going to get that with a screen or a printout or an audiobook. This is one more skill tossed, tossed aside. One more link to our past just given up on. We just, we just gave up on it. Do we really know what time it is? Does the writing on the wall actually mean anything nowadays? Because some people won't be able to read that if it's in cursive. This is the silly, this is just simply giving up on it. Do, do people even sign their names anymore? Well, probably not, because everybody now signs on a screen, right? We, we get up there and we sign with our finger. So, sad. This is sad. This is sad. The, 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 these old ways, these old things, the, they're becoming lost arts. And um, it's, it's, it's a loss of intimacy and communication. I mean, as, as much as I like talking, right? A handwritten letter written from somebody that you have in your possession. That's... That's just a, that's just an insane. It, it immortalizes the person that wrote it to you, because you can see in that handwritten note everything, everything they meant to say and all the emotion behind it. Crime, uh, crime for, uh, friendly Seattle is uh, is really bad right now. So bad now that the some of the guys in front of the judge are making the calls on what's going to happen to him. We'll cover that. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.